So my name's Jo, um, and my husband and my baby are at the back. So, yes, so it's Neil and Ella. She's eight weeks old. So uh, very welcome to go over and say hello to her later. She carries a lot of peace. So do, if you feel like you need any peace, just go and say hello to her. She's incredible. Um, yeah, it's a huge honor to be here. Uh, Andy emailed me a couple of weeks ago and asked if, um, if I'd like to come and preach. And I, I'm just completely humbled and honored to be here. So thank you so much for hosting me today and, and let me be here. So yeah, really excited. Um, during worship, I was just asking the Lord um, just, just about your church. And I, I felt like he showed me a picture of a lighthouse. And um, I was asking the Lord about that. And I feel like I feel like Hope Church, you, you're a lighthouse. You're a house full of light. That it's not that you're just showing people, um, like a lighthouse shows people where the rocks are and that sort of stuff, but you are a, a house full of light. And I feel like um, as a pioneer and as a pioneering church, one of the areas that you pioneer in is love, that you, you pioneer in love, that you love each other well. And I felt the Lord telling me that either you're having testimonies right now of this or testimonies are coming of people coming to the Lord because of the way that you love. And I feel like you're known for the way that you love, that you, you pioneer and you break through into areas because of the way that you love. And I feel like whether that's happening right now or, or it's going to start happening is that people are going to start coming into salvation because of the way that you love in your workplaces, in your families, in different areas, because there's something different about you. So I just release, I just release a, a grace and abundance to start seeing testimony after testimony of people coming into the kingdom through the way that you love, that you are known for your love, that you're a house full of light, that you're a house full of love, and that you are known for that. Yeah, so we just thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, amen. So, um, the scripture, the main scripture that we're going to be looking at today is Romans 8. And I felt like the Lord um, deposited something in my heart for you guys to talk on um, the, the famous scripture of being in all things we're more than conquerors. But actually it's because of his faithfulness that we are overcomers, that we are conquerors. And I feel like that's what I want to talk about today. It's a journey that I've been on personally with the Lord for for a number of years, and I felt the Lord asked me to share, you, share with you part of my story. Um, some of you guys, particularly you guys, might not know this about me, but I feel that the Lord's asked me to share um, a big part of my story with you. So let's first of all read the scripture. So Romans 8, um, and we're going to be focusing on 31 to 39, but I would encourage you just to read all of Romans 8. It is a phenomenal scripture. And if you're going through anything that you need that burst to know how to live as a conqueror and overcomer, all of Romans 8, it talks about living by the Spirit, who we are as sons and daughters, how he helps us in our weaknesses, that in all things we're more than conquerors, that he works all things for our good. So it's just a fabulous scripture, but we're going to focus on 31 to 39. And it says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? All things all things. Who will bring any charge against him, against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's interceding for us. That's just amazing. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. 
we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, all things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Bam! <laughs> that is a good word. <laughs> so what I feel that I, I'm just going to share with you in my story um, and then we're just going to begin to unpack that scripture and what I feel like the Lord's saying about it. Two and a half years ago, um, or, or three and a half years ago, sorry, November 2011, my mom died from cancer. And she'd been diagnosed nine years previous to that. And um, she, she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer and it was, a, it was a moderate cancer and she'd had chemotherapy, radiotherapy and surgery. And she was almost out of the five-year uh, remission phase. I think she had a couple of months to go when we thought, this is it, this is it, they all clear and it came back, and it came back just so strong. And she was getting back-to-back -back chemotherapy, and the doctor said, listen, there's, there's not long, and she actually outlived the doctors. They kept saying, not long, you're not gonna have long, and she kept outliving them. She almost died within that time twice, so they overdosed her in chemotherapy. And she went into hospital, um, it was more the way your body breaks chemotherapy down that they overdosed her. It was more that her body couldn't handle the amount. And she almost died. And she, she saw um, a, a rainbow from heaven arcing down and touching her and saying, it is done. And within a week, she was, she was out of hospital. And, and it was just testimony after testimony of the Lord's faithfulness um, in her life, in our lives as a family. Um, and then again, um, a couple months before she died, um, the, the, uh, the way the chemotherapy had... Um, been in her body, it just caused this heart failure, and, and she'd almost died. And I remember one night the, the doctors um, called us around as a family, and they said, "Hey guys, like she, you need to call the family in tonight. She's, she's going to die. Um, she's going to die tonight. You need to get the family in." And my sister um, said, "No, she needs to walk out in the shoes that she walked in." in. And so we kind of took relatives' room as, as as a captive prayer chapel, and we began interceding and praying. And, and that night, my mum woke up. And the doctors were like, I can't believe she's woken up. And um, within a week, she walked out of the hospital in the shoes that she'd walked in. And, and it was just amazing testimony of his faithfulness. But what an incredible journey. It was such a hard nine years. You were getting, you were getting testimonies of his faithfulness. And she would have these breakthrough moments where you'd, you'd hear the Lord saying, it is done. And then you'd have another prognosis of it's come back even stronger. There's nothing you can, we can do. We've run out of treatment options. There's nothing that we can do. And I remember um, it was the, uh, the May time before we went to Bethel that mum had almost died. And the Lord had asked uh, Neil and I to, to go to Bethel, California. I'm sure you all know who, what Bethel is and, and where it is. Um, and it was just a really hard journey for us because the Lord was asking us to trust him to go out to the other side of the world. And yet my mum was being told, listen, you don't have long to live. And it was this really hard journey of what does it look like to trust the Lord? Because the world is saying, are you stupid? You do not want to leave your mom. That is crazy. Yet the Lord was saying to us, no, no, I want you to go and I want you to trust me. And I want you to be, to be faithful to me as I'm faithful to you. And, and so it was this really hard journey of, of learning to, to trust him and learning to, to, to walk with him. But we went out to Bethel and a mom was fully behind us and she was supporting us completely to go. Um, she was like, you have to go. And so, so we went out and within um, uh, three months, we got a phone call saying, you need to, you need to come home, mom's, mom's dying. And so we got the next flight home. And um, 
it, there was this tension to walk between being out in Bethel and learning the supernatural, learning how to pursue the kingdom, learning that when you pray for the sick, they're going to be healed. And yet, on the other hand, seeing somebody who you have interceded for, pioneered for, pushed through for breakthrough and not seeing them healed. And it's a tension of faith and reality and, and being able to hold that tension and saying, I, I believe for this. Like, I'm chasing this with my whole life. Like, I've quit my job, given up my house, everything to, to pursue this. Yet, one of the people who's dearest to me isn't seeing the breakthrough that I'm going after. And, and how you walk that tension as a Christian, and, and we all do it, but how do you walk that tension? And it felt like this really obvious, like, ugh, contrast between what I was believing and contending for and what I was seeing. And I actually remember on the flight on the way home, I said to God, I was like, if you're going to get me into this, I want to see something happen. I want to I want to have a conversation with somebody on the way home and pray for them. And um, if you're going to send me on a plane, then I want to at least talk to somebody about you. And so the person on the plane uh, next to me, I think I was reading a book, and uh, they asked me about it. And then they just turned around at a no and asked if I'd pray for them um, because they were having relational issues. I was like, oh, good, thanks, God, you were listening. <laughs> I want this trip to, you know, <laughs> have some fruit. So it was amazing. And we, we went to the hospice. Mom had been taken to a hospice at this point, and she was incredibly unwell. Um, still outliving the doctors. They kept saying, next 24 hours, until the point that they actually said, this woman's a phenomenon, we, we are, we're going to stop because she keeps outliving everything. And it was just amazing, just, just little glimpses of God's faithfulness just keeps showing up throughout all of it. And um, the nursing staff, they were just amazed at how as a family, despite the pain that we were going through, they they were able to see such peace on us as a family. And it, and it broke through. Like, it, it broke through something. And people who didn't know the Lord were able to see that. I feel like that's something that this church carries, that despite situations, people are able to see that love that I was talking about earlier. And I feel like that's something that you guys actually carry. And um, I remember one night, I'm uh, standing over mom and just being with her. And the, the nurse walks in, and she has a splint on her wrist. And I felt the Lord say to me, I want you to pray with her. I was raging at him. I said, no, no way you are having a laugh. Do you not see my mother lying here about to die? And you want me to pray for her to be healed from a wrist splint. I think you can deal with this one first before we pray for that. And he really challenged me on it because actually he's the one who's sovereign. And, and my job is to be obedient and to hold his goodness in my heart despite what my circumstance says. It's so easy to determine our level of his goodness by our understanding. And it's not our understanding. It's who he is. And he just challenged me, like, I'm not good because I heal or don't heal your mom. I'm good because that's my nature. And I really had to challenge myself and, and keep his goodness at the core of, of my heart. And so I said to her, well, how did you hurt your wrist? And she said, oh, I fell and I staved it and whatever. And I, I said, well, <laughs> um, might not look like it. My mom's lying here, but I believe that God can heal. And I'd like to pray for you. Would that be okay? Because I believe that God wants to heal you. And, and um, she kind of like looks at me and looks at my mom and she's like, okay. Um, but yeah, sure. Okay. Grab me later. I can't do it just now, but grab me later. So she bumps into me and my brother in the hallway later. And, and she said, well, you could pray for me just now if, if you like. And I said, well, that'd be great. So, so I pray for her and she is completely healed. So, 
so we're in this hospice the corridor and she takes her splint off and she's like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Like, I'm completely healed. <laughs> she goes and tells her colleague who asks us if we can give her a flat tummy. I was like, I don't think it quite works like that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> love the enthusiasm. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine the church? Don't you know? Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Six packs all round. Here we go. It's like, okay, but that night I was on I was on the night shift with my mom, and um, I was trying to catch some shut eye in the chair, and she kept coming in with cups of tea just to show me that she could now carry something in her hand. She kept waking me up to do it, and I was like, oh, bless you, that's amazing. Um, can I go back to sleep? Um, but it was amazing, and it was just this time though of of holding this tension between His goodness and pursuing the kingdom, but just walking incredible pain and. And we're able to laugh and we're able to have, have joy in that time and, and, and now, but it, it was a time of incredible pain. And, and mum died, she, um, she died on November 20th, 2011. And um, it was a really hard time. You know, I was, I was 26 years old and, um, and I lost my mum. And you think, gosh, that's really hard. That shouldn't happen. That's, that's, not, that's not what God says. That's not in the kingdom. That's not his will. It's not his will. He is sovereign, but it's not his will for people to die from cancer. And uh, I remember the funeral. I remember people came to the funeral and left. They came to the funeral depressed, and they left experiencing more joy than they had when they arrived. And it's the kingdom of God, because in all things, we are more than conquerors. In all things, we're overcomers. And the situation and the outcome doesn't determine whether we're an overcomer or not. Because success in the kingdom isn't what something looks like. It's our obedience and our heart attitude to the Father. Because people can look at my situation and say, well, you didn't overcome because she wasn't healed. That's not the way the kingdom works. The kingdom doesn't work by what you can see. It works by what you can't see. Faith isn't what you see. It's what is unseen. Hope is not what you see. It's what is, what is hoped for. It's what is unseen. And it's just how the kingdom works. And I, I want to just share just a little excerpt from something that I wrote during that time. I, I feel the Lord's asked me to write a book about this. And this is just a little something um, from that. And it's just, a, it's just about the, the time just after mom had died. It says, there's incredible peace in mom's room the night she died. Although we'd all lost someone so incredibly dear to us, the devil had not won because he had not been able to sh steal our peace, shake our faith in the goodness of God, or cause us to lose hope. Mum was now pain-free and with the lover of her life, Jesus. Mum's memorial service was one of hope, celebration, and was full of Jesus. Mum lived a remarkable life and faced the storms of life with faith and love in Jesus. People came to the memorial service and left with more hope than when they had arrived. This is the true victorious hope of Jesus. Yeah. Mum was a woman of incredible faith and love in Jesus. She knew what it meant to face the storms of life, but more importantly, she knew how to face them with victory. She faced life with faith and made that decision every morning when she got up. And from that place, she passed it around to everyone she encountered. She lived with contagious faith. It was a legacy she left to us, her family. Faith is how we have victory, despite what we face in life. It requires an action. That action starts with a choice, the choice to choose faith and not fear. As a family, we grabbed the storm face on and had victory. We didn't get victory be just because we didn't get what we wanted doesn't mean that we did not have victory. The enemy could not steal our faith, love, or peace in the Lord. The devil only has what we give him. And in this storm, he had nothing. 
We did not give him our fear and we did not give him our peace. Jesus is bigger than every storm we encounter. We just need to keep our eyes firmly fixed on him and not the storm surrounding us. And I want to reiterate that point that the outcome doesn't determine his faithfulness. Just because you don't have the right job, just because the situation doesn't look right, just because she died, doesn't mean that we weren't victorious, it doesn't mean that we weren't conquerors, doesn't mean that we weren't overcomers. And it's his faithfulness that causes us to be overcomers. There's a superior reality to the one that we, that we see right now. We're seated in heavenly places and we live on earth, but it's as earth as it is in heaven. And there's a superior reality that we live by. It says that um, earlier in Romans, it says, um, well, you can read later verse uh, 5 to 11, but the main verse is verse 9. It says, you, however, are not in the realm of flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. And it's taking our eyes, it's having that tension of living in the reality, but keeping our eyes fixed on what the Lord is doing and letting our victories and letting our success come from what the Lord is doing and not on what the reality that you see right now, because it's so easy to let the situations around us determine our experience of the Lord. And how many of us know that as soon as we begin to do that, then we have a turbulent bipolar God who isn't constant, and he changes according to what situation and how we're experiencing him. We can't live by that. We have to live by the superior reality, by the realm of the spirit that the Lord is asking us to live by. Colossians, if you want some more scriptures for this, Colossians 2 verse 3 says, set your mind on things above. There's a, a, a verse in, um, in Romans 8 that says, um, he works all things for the good of those who love him. And how many of you, when you've been in that situation, when you know my mom was in the hospice and people come up to you and say, he works all things for the good of those who love him. And you just go, oh, really? Really, you're, you're telling me that right now? Like, oh, bless you. Bless you. It's all you can say. Bless you. Wow. But actually, the, the truth, I'm sorry if any of you actually said that to somebody, but sometimes when you're receiving that, you're like, oh, I know that's true, but it feels so hard. Like, mm, that feels so hard. But the truth in that is that if he works all things for the good of those who love him, if your situation isn't yet good, it means that God hasn't finished. Your situation isn't finished if it's not yet good. Because he is a good God, he is a faithful God, and he will work all things for the good of those who love him. We love him. You are known as a church who is loved. So if your situation isn't yet good, then you know that he isn't finished in that situation. <laughs> Our ability to overcome isn't based on our strength. It's based on his faithfulness. It's his faithfulness. It's so easy to be, to be the one who says, I have to be strong in this. In the, in the family, I'm the strong one. Or in this marriage, I'm the strong one. And so I, I, I can't allow myself to, to feel this, and I can't allow that to happen because I'm the strong one. But the Lord has taken me through this this week because I felt like the Lord asked me to share with you on his faithfulness. And I said, well, Lord, where do I start with that? And he took me back to this message and my experience of him being um, faithful and him um, making us overcomers. And he showed me again, it's my faithfulness to you. It's my faithfulness that causes you to be an overcomer, not by my strength, not by strength, but by his spirit, says the Lord. And it's, it's his faithfulness that allows us to be an overcomer. 
And Romans 8, 35, 38 is actually what I call a love sandwich. Because it says, let me go back up to it, it says, um, uh, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall hardship or persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? And then it says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors. And then it says, and I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So there's this love sandwich that in the middle of this, we are conquerors. Surrounded by his love, we are conquerors. It's by his love that we are conquerors. It's by his faithfulness that we are conquerors. So this idea of striving, this idea of having to be the strong one, the idea of having to do it by ourselves, has to go out the window because there's this love sandwich in the middle of the scripture that says it's by my love that nothing can separate you, neither, neither height nor depth, danger, famine, sword, which is death. Nothing can separate you from his love. It's his love that is the ability to overcome. It's the ability to be a conqueror. And actually, it's his love, not your ability, that makes you that overcomer in your situations. And this is a truth. This is a truth. This isn't a feeling. This isn't something what I felt like I did well today. No, your ability to overcome is a truth because it's his faithfulness. It's his faithfulness. And when we get our hands and our heads and our hearts around that, you get to relax a little bit into it. Because actually, he is faithful to do, to do it. It says that in Thessalonians, that he is faithful. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. He has more invested in you than, he, than you have invested in you. He has more to uphold. He has more responsibility, if you want to, want to use that language, than we do. In, um, in verse 32, Romans 8, 32, it says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? I'll just read that again. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And I feel like this scripture sums up his faithfulness. Because if God gave the supreme gift of his son, he will certainly give us everything that is necessary to fulfill the work begun at the cross. He's faithful to the cross. He's faithful to what was begun at the cross. And what happened was Jesus said to us, now, now I want you to do it. It was begun at the cross, and Jesus said, I want you to do it. God is faithful to complete the work that was begun at the cross, which has now been given to you, which means that he's faithful to complete the work through you. The victory that was won at the cross, he's faithful to work through you. It's an incredible honor when Jesus died on the cross and then said to, 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 to you, this is what I'm giving you. And God has that responsibility and that faithfulness to bring that same victory that was brought at the cross through you. It's, it's him, it's his faithfulness to the cross, that the work that was begun at the cross to make you an overcomer, to make you victorious in all things, because he wants to see the victory at the cross carried through. Is that not a good word? There is nothing bigger than Jesus. There is nothing bigger than Jesus. Let's just say that together. There is nothing bigger than Jesus. 
There is no situation that he looks at, your financial situation, your work situation, your employment situation. I feel his employment situation is just in the car over. I was just feeling the Lord was saying that there's somebody here with an employment situation that it feels like it's too big. It feels like it's an impossible situation, but there is no situation bigger than Jesus. He doesn't look down on us and say, I can't handle that. I can handle everything else, but your situation I can't handle. I'm sorry, your situation's without hope. There is no hope for your situation. Let's just laugh at that. I mean, that is not possible. God doesn't look at a situation and say, that is, that is too big for me. There is nothing bigger than Jesus. I remember the night, that, the, the afternoon in California where I got this phone call and saying, Joe, you need to come home right now. I mean, next flight home, Mom, mom's dying. She's been taken into hospice. You need to come home. And, and I was like, this feels too big. This is too big. I, I think this is bigger than you, God. I, I couldn't see anything but the situation. I couldn't even see Jesus. And I had to stop. And I remember going out onto the, the driveway and I just paced and I said the name of Jesus over and over and over and over until Jesus became bigger than my situation. Because I knew that I had to take an action which would bring Jesus back into the situation and make him bigger than the situation because there is nothing bigger than Jesus. It felt like there was nothing bigger than Jesus. But if I let my feelings determine my relationship and his faithfulness, then I have a God who isn't strong enough to overcome. And so I had to take an action that pulled him back into the middle of the situation and realigned him back into to who he was. And that is bigger than the situation. That is, that is the one who's faithful. That is the one who's giving me all that I need to overcome the situation because he's faithful to the victory won at the cross. He didn't give his son so I could lose. He didn't give his son so I could be defeated. He gave his son so that I could have victory. He gave his son so I could be an overcomer. He gave his son so that I could show the world how faithful and good and loving my father is. That's why he gave his son. And that's when he said, I'm, I'm, I'm making you an overcomer because I want to show the world through you that I'm faithful, that I'm, over, that I'm, that I'm good, that I'm a loving father. And we need to, to remember there is nothing bigger than Jesus no height nor depth, nothing can separate us from the love of the Father. He's faithful to himself. He's faithful to us. There's nothing bigger than him. And some of you need to, to find what your tool is. You need to find what that thing is that brings you into alignment. For me, it's saying the name of Jesus. I just need to say the name of Jesus until I see that Jesus is bigger than my situation. Because as soon as my situation is bigger than Jesus, well, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Jesus is bigger than everything. And we have to do whatever's in our tool belt, whatever's in our ability to, to remind us that he is bigger than all things. I've never been more determined to see cancer healed than from when my mom died. If the situation isn't good, then he isn't finished. And my situation wasn't good. And so I know that he's not finished. And I've never been more determined to see cancer healed than whenever my mom died. Because my outcome didn't determine the goodness of the faithfulness of my father, but rather I had to align myself to what he was doing in that situation. 
And it's like Bill Johnson uses this, this example. His, his father died from cancer, and he uses this example of, of pushing on like a 20-ton a rock, and you're praying for this thing to move, and you're, you're pushing against it, and it doesn't move. Yet when you push on a 10-ton rock, it does move because you've built up that strength, you've built up that capacity while pushing on the 20-ton rock. You then go to the smaller one, and actually it does move. And he uses that example, and I think it's a brilliant example because we pushed and we contended and we prayed and we fought and we did everything that we knew how, all in our strength, yay! But actually, it's his faithfulness. And, and she died, but I push on the tent on rock and I begin to see breakthrough. And I begin to see things happen because it's his faithfulness and it's his goodness. My situation wasn't good. And to be honest, it's still not good. Being 29 years old, not having a mom, that's not a good situation but he's not finished. He's not finished because we're still seeing breakthroughs and and healings and we're still pushing on and we're still pushing to see the kingdom and he's not finished. Because in all things, he works for the good of those who love him and in all things, we are more than conquerors. I just feel some of you... I just feel some of you, there's situations in your life, and I think we should just take a moment just to offer them to the Lord, just quietly to yourself, that situation where you just need to either say the name of Jesus over that situation, or for some of you, I feel like there is that sense of, well, I'm the strong one, and I can't, I can't let go, or I can't do this because, because it's in my strength that I need to do something, and, and there's maybe a feeling of responsibility in, in, in your family that you have to uphold something, but I want to just release you from that, because it's his faithfulness. It's his faithfulness to fulfill what was started at the cross. It's his faithfulness that we are overcomers. It's his faithfulness that nothing's bigger than Jesus. So let's just take a moment and... Um, yeah, just in your heart, it's just that there's a situation that you're feeling is taking the place of Jesus or actually you're spending more time thinking about than you are thinking about Jesus. So we shouldn't be thinking about something else more than we are about Jesus. If we are, then it's taking too much time. And we just want to give that back to the Lord. So Lord, we just give you, we just give you anything that we feel is bigger than you, Father. And we just declare that in all things, you're bigger. There's nothing bigger than you, Jesus. You are faithful in all things. Thank you that it is your faithfulness, that it's not by our strength or our ability. You've enabled us to be overcomers because of your faithfulness, not because of us and what we can or can't do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love it. There's a verse in Romans 8, verse 6. It says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit. So again, that's thinking according to the spirit is life and peace. That Jesus slept in the storm. Bill Johnson says that you have authority over any storm that you can sleep in. I remember going through this um, situation with my mom, and we just were out in California, and everyone's going, why in the world are you on the opposite side of the world whenever your mom's at home with cancer? And we just had this incredible peace, and the only way I could say to people was it's just, it transcends understanding. I don't know. It is that Philippians, the peace which transcends understanding. It really is just that, I don't know. 
I don't know, but I'm being obedient to the Father. And do you know, um, I don't know if this is actually true or not, but in a twister, tornado, apparently the very, very center of the tornado is the most peaceful part. Is that true? Yeah, I'm getting some nods. The Lord gave me that picture when I was in, in this situation with my mom, and, and I, there was a storm raging around, but actually, when you're right in the center, there was this incredible peace. This peace was transcended understanding. And that's the place where we get to live. As people who set our minds on the spirit and not on the flesh, we have life and we have peace, and it's having peace in the process. And I was talking earlier about this tension between the faith and reality. Intention doesn't have to, doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be aggressive. But actually, we can have peace in the process. We can have peace with not understanding. In um, in Proverbs, it says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding." And the whole thing is that we we can't understand everything. I, I don't understand why my mom died. I don't understand that, but I have peace. Understanding and having peace aren't the same thing. And it's being able to trust him and trust his word and trust that he is faithful. I trust you, Father, that you are faithful. I'm going to receive your peace. I don't have to know what it looks like. I don't have to know what the outcome's going to be. But I get to trust you. And as I trust him, and as I think on the spirit, and as I align myself with the spirit, we get to have peace in the process. We are people in process. Our situations are in process. God made babies and he made seeds. He didn't make grown adults and and grown trees. He made seeds and he made babies. He's a God of process. It doesn't have to be the the end outcome. But actually, and we also get to not understand it's okay to not understand. It's okay to not understand. I remember somebody asked me how, you know, how I felt with my relationship with God and how could I explain what had happened and how could I, I was like, well, I'm okay with not understanding it because I'm okay with trusting that his goodness hasn't changed, that his faithfulness hasn't changed, that my outcome doesn't determine his goodness. My outcome doesn't determine his faithfulness. Because in all things, I'm more than a conqueror. In all things, he's faithful to complete the work of the cross. His love, can, we can never be separated from his love. In all things. And in that, I get to have peace in the process. I just release peace over those of you who need peace. I release peace over you to be okay not understanding. To be okay not seeing the answer but to have peace in the process that as we trust in a good God, as we trust in a faithful God, that he is faithful and he will do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, that he is faithful and he will do it. Goodness, if it relied on our faithfulness, I don't know about the rest of you, but man, I'm glad it's on his faithfulness and not mine because he is faithful and he will do it. So I just release peace over those of you who need peace to have peace in the process. You don't need to understand a situation to be a conqueror. You don't need to understand a situation to be an overcomer. A couple of minutes left here. Um, when we were out in California, I, um, we didn't have very much money when we were in second year. 
we spent two years out there, and uh, in our second year, we didn't have very much money. And um, one night, we had uh, a friend come over for dinner, so I, I popped down to Walmart or somewhere, and I was picking up um, just some bits and bobs for dinner. And it was Christmas time, and there was these gorgeous big pincettias. And I was like, oh, I'd love a pincettia, but I can't justify spending money on something that I don't need. It's a, it's a, it's a want, not a need. I don't need it, uh, so I'm not going to spend money on it, and, uh, and that's fine. It wasn't a prayer, it was a thought. Oh, I'd love a pincettia. Don't need it, don't have the money, it's fine, move on. Maybe it was a two-second process. And I, I get home making dinner, and this, this guy comes around for dinner, and he walks in the door with this massive poncettia. <laughs> and I looked at him, and he says, do you know, I, I don't really know what I'm doing, um, but I never normally do this, but I just thought I should buy you one of these. Do you, do you like them? <laughs> and I was like, funny story, actually. Um, and so I kind of shared with him, and the Lord, just in that moment, he got my heart, and he was like, I'm faithful. I'm faithful to give you not just what you want, or not just what you need, but what you want. And he, he saw me in that moment. I didn't even pray for it. He was like, I'm faithful. I'm faithful to give you not just what you want, not just what you need, but what you want. And for me, ever since then, a poncettia has always been a reminder of the testimony of his faithfulness in my life. And some of you, you need a reminder of his faithfulness. Whenever we're going through situations or seasons and I need to be reminded of his faithfulness, I just have to look at the poncettia and it's a statement to me of his faithfulness. It's a funny little thing, but I just, I have a poncettia in my, in my living room. It's a sorry looking thing. I'm not a green fingered person. I'd, I should, maybe a picture would be better, but the sorry looking poncettia is in my living room. And every time I look at it, I'm reminded of his faithfulness. And it's a testimony of his faithfulness in my life that he met me not just in what I needed, but in what I wanted. And so whenever I come into situations, I am no longer allowed to not trust or lean on his faithfulness because I've experienced that. It's actually illegal for me to doubt his faithfulness because he's been faithful so many times, time and time again. The situation with my mom, he's faithful. Situation in our finances, he's faithful. Situation in our employment, he's faithful. Situation in our housing, he's faithful. I get to look at every area of my life and I see his faithfulness. And I look at the poncettia plant, it reminds me every day that he is faithful. And some of you just need that reminder in your life or you need to look through your history of your life with God and see that pattern of his faithfulness and call that to the front. Sometimes we just need to just verbalize, okay, I don't know where to start. Okay, you were faithful here. Okay, you were faithful here. And before you know it, you were faithful here, you were faithful here, you were faithful here. And you begin to build up that courage and you begin to build up that strength and you begin to build up that memory and remind yourself of that history his story through you, his history of faithfulness in your life, and you get to remind yourself, oh, you were faithful, you're faithful, you're faithful. The outcome doesn't determine your faithfulness. You're faithful, and before you know it, you're going head, head first into the situation going, you are faithful, and nothing is bigger than you. You're faithful to bring about your justice. You're faithful to bring about your goodness. You're faithful to bring about your strength and make us a conqueror, to make us an overcomer. I don't want to give you that poncettia story because some of you, you need to look around your living room or you need to look around your life and be like, what reminds me of your faithfulness, Father? Because I want to look at that every day. I want to look at that every day and remind myself of your faithfulness, that there is nothing bigger than Jesus. There is nothing bigger than Jesus. He is faithful and he will do it. He's faithful to the work begun on the cross. He is faithful. It's not by might or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, as we focus on his spirit as we focus on his faithfulness, 
He will do it. There is nothing bigger than Jesus. His victory, his victory has become our victory. His strength has become our strength. His victory has become our strength to be overcomers because in all things, we are more than conquerors and there is nothing bigger than Jesus. Yeah, so let's just pray and I'm going to hand over to one of the team to, to do some ministry stuff or whatever you guys do. So Father, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness that you are a faithful God. It's not by our strength, but it's by your faithfulness, that you are faithfulness and you will do it. Lord, help us to set our minds on your spirit, not on the flesh, but on your spirit, not on the situation, but on you and on your faithfulness. We thank you, Father, that you work all things for our good. That you work all things for our good. And if it ain't good, you're not finished. We just thank you for your faithfulness. And we just, I just release your peace over anybody who needs your peace, Father. And I just release an ability to remember your faithfulness, to look back at our history and remember your faithfulness. And I just release tools and ability to see you as bigger than any situation. Just thank you, Father, for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're doing in this church. I thank you for the impact this church has. I thank you that this church is known as a church who loves well, that they represent you well. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.